0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Lily Allen-Duenas. Together we'll talk about the world of yoga and we'll talk to people from around the world. Before diving into the episode, I wanted to invite you to join me for online yoga classes. I'm teaching yoga online nearly every day of the week And it's everything from yoga for people who say they can't do yoga to strong vinyasa flows. I'd love for you to join me. I have $15 off credits and coupons to send to new students. If you click the link in the show notes or head on over to my website, wildyogatribe.com, you'll find everything you need. Also, this March, in honor of Women's History Month, I'm teaming up with Moxie to put on a month long challenge for just $25 for 10 classes with other yoga instructors and wellness professionals. And 100% of the proceeds go to Girls on the Run, a nonprofit that is all about girl empowerment. Join by clicking the link in the show notes, or you can find more information on my website and social media pages. I'll see you there. Are you ready to dive into the show? Let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. Today, I am so excited to welcome Nubia Teixeira, on to the show today. She is a Brazilian born yogini who has devoted herself to teaching many different aspects of yoga and dance for the past 30 years. She perceives yoga as a healing art and her refinement and unique style overflows with sacred meaning and heartfelt Inspiration. Nubia leads workshops and teacher trainings and retreats locally and all around the world. So I am so excited to welcome Nubia onto the show today. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Lily. Thank you so much. What an honor to be here with you. Thank you. So, Nubia, could you share with our listeners how yoga first came into your life? I call yoga grace in my life. When I was 16, I was really into theater, and I thought that was going to be my path. And I began just noticing how the ability to express my feelings and my moods and all the energies and challenges that were going through me, moving through me was so important, and I loved theater for that. And when I started practicing yoga, I realized that art, and spirituality are completely intertwined. And I used the means of yoga, the practices of yoga, as a way to converse and commune with the, the divine and see the unseen and feel that there was a bigger force. I grew up Catholic, knowing about spirituality, knowing about that force, but I felt this shelter of yoga really gave me what I was here to do in this lifetime when i was 17 I wanted to pursue the theater career anymore i wanted to become a yoga teacher or at first it wasn't even that it was like i wanted to learn more about yoga and it led me to a yoga school in sao paulo called universidade de yoga it's a four-year training but after one year you can start teaching and uh, that's what happened
0: Amazing. I love how eloquently you said that yoga is a way to converse and commune with the divine. Uh, how do you feel that your practices helps you directly converse and commune with the divine?
1: I don't even know how not to live in practice. It's all yoga from waking up to going to sleep. But that morning... Moment of uh, silence and connection with the spirit is really important for me. I need that transition between sleep, which is very spiritual. It's a journey. It's time to be practicing yoga as well, and it's just my time between me and spirit, God, goddesses. I there's that space for hearing, invoking, open to my intuition. See what are my priorities of this day. And what are the commands for this day? So, that time of silence, but it's not quiet because I don't do silent meditation. I don't hear silence. Even when I am silent, I'm always hearing the sounds and the voices. And so, that moment of a silence, meaning just not much activity in the house, I can attune to the activities and movements of my heart and my emotions. And I really pray to hear commands and I spend some time listening to those. Beautiful.
0: I love how you said that being asleep is a time to practice yoga as well. You're the first person I've ever encountered who has said that. Can you tell us more? You definitely piqued my interest.
1: I'm not the first person to be talking about this. If you read the Gita, Bhagavad Gita, it says that what is night for the common people is time for practice for the yogi and what is the regular day the regular hours the day for the regular people common people is the night for the yogi while everybody else is sleeping the yogi is awake doing its work and then when everybody is awake the yogi is sleeping Because um, according to this view and this book of knowledge, the material world is not the priority of the yogi, but the spiritual world. And then growing up in Brazil and growing up especially with uh, the family I chose this lifetime, we know that a lot of work is done during the night. I have beautiful aunties in my life. I grew up going to the church, Brazilian church, Catholic but like a good Brazilian, going Fridays to the white uh, hand uh, terreiros, places of worship and connecting to spirits is something very common in Brazil. And I will say that I have a few aunties, again, that are really important in my life. And I'll mention now this one, Shea Isabel. She told me many times, you are always ready. When I come to get you to do spiritual work during the night, you are always ready. Some of your cousins, I have to work really hard to convince them, you're always ready. And she would take me in those journeys, she says, where we would be doing healing work. And I know that we go somewhere <laughs> when we are sleeping. Our spirit goes somewhere. The body is there. Our spirit soars and uh, setting an intention of um, sleeping and of. Uh, continue working towards your spiritual evolution and continue doing your spiritual work is really important.
0: I'm grateful that you shared that from the Gita and good point for reflection for me and for our listeners. And so Nubia, could you talk to us more about what you feel like the essence of yoga is? I know you mentioned in the beginning that it's grace, but I wasn't sure if there was more that you wanted to speak about on the essence of yoga.
1: The essence of yoga it is grace how that reflects in one's life. It all depends on one's karma and one's needs, right? There's this sense of a bounty that is being distributed to many at the same time, but it's not everybody that needs the same type of medicine. So there is not one way of practicing and receiving yoga. But the sense of reconnection, reunion, nourishment Shelter, solace, inspiration that comes with yoga, all of this goes into this grace. So grace can be given by the one that holds that bounty. And then it's for each one of us to name or not name that one. So I personally, in my personal journey, call this one our Divine Mother. And I know that she is the holder of this bounty. What she offers me, is quite different than what she offers you. And also what she offered me when I was 16 is quite different than what she offers me now that I'm 50 and will be very different in the moment of my death. She's always there giving me exactly what I need. So... To define yoga is really hard, but the essence, it's grace. And that grace is a push. That grace is a door that closes and allows you to stay put on your path. Like this huge moment of suffering in our world right now can be perceived also as a grace, fierce grace. That is coming to stop us. In the beginning, it was so obvious. Like when the airplanes stopped flying and we stayed home more, nature was thriving. We were with our families and we were like looking into the issues that we needed to look and so forth. That type of grace. When I go to practice, yoga asana, there isn't a formula that it will always work for me. You always do the Surya Namaskar. No, I will not. Sometimes I just need to lay on the ground and do a yin pose for 10 minutes. Hold a pose and wait for that grace to come in the form of oh, softening my, you know, softer tissues and the opening my body in a very deep and healing way. Sometimes, yes, today is a day for 10, 12 Surya namaskar. Today is a day to cry and tomorrow might be a day of doing a big back bend And opening my heart. And so it's not a formula. It's not, it cannot be defined the practice itself in one single way.
0: I couldn't agree more. I think the practice of yoga is also learning about listening and responding to the needs of your being and body at that time. You can't just immediately say, oh no, it's, I practice. One hour of asana practice, it's always gonna be a vinyasa flow every day. That's my tapas, that's my disciplines. I think really it comes from more being in alignment and attunement to what our body and and our soul and our energy needs. It's that listening, that 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 attunement as as I said, that I think really is a gift of progressing and journeying on the path of yoga. Thank you, Nubia, for walking us through uh, more about how the practice can shift from day to day or from moment to be more in alignment for what you need. Can you talk to us more about what practices of yoga you currently are practicing or what you feel are some of the more important practices of yoga to incorporate in our lives and in our days?
1: Well, I'll begin with the practice of listening, listening to your needs, and also listening to the needs of others. And then the practice of feeling, feeling your emotions, what is rising in your body, and then attuning to others as they go through their own emotions and motions as well. And then the practice of seeing, seeing what is, and also you can See with your eyes closed inside what are the areas in your physical body that are not receiving love, the areas in your life that are not being loved, and then look outside and see what are the people and the things in your life that are not being seen or being loved and receiving attention. So hearing, feeling, seeing. I think it's really important. So I have an incantation I teach my students. May I see what I need to see in order to do what I need to do. May I hear what I need to hear in order to say what I need to say. May I feel what I need to feel in order to heal what I need to heal. So these are my three main focuses in my own practice for my own self, so I can be better serving her will, the Divine Mother, and be more helpful to others and to myself. I, I am a bhakta, so the devotee of the Divine Mother, so I will always refer to a higher source outside.
0: <laughs> that was incredibly beautiful. And I'm so grateful that you shared the incantation with us. I think that's something our listeners will hopefully be able to really feel um, those words and then hopefully learn to incorporate them and use them as that incantation and invocation when they are seeking guidance. Because in these times of uncertainty, I think having mantras or a nice sankalpa or something that we can really carry with us, I think having that feels really vital right now to have those little seeds planted to keep watering daily. I know it's important part of my practice. So Nubia, I'd love to learn about what challenges do you think that yoga has helped you to overcome?
1: I don't know how I could live my life without yoga, period. And I started practicing so early that it's so integrated, so part, so much part of my life. And to this time, to this day, I have not yet, I will say, or I have not experienced any major loss that I can say I needed yoga at this time. I'll use the word use with appreciation. I use my yoga as a homeopathic medicine for... Every day I practice, and it's not to cause any big change in my life, but to keep moving towards the light and to stay balanced. And I think that itself has helped me just to go through whatever happens. Of course, I'm challenged in many ways, but nothing major has happened yet. I'll say again, by her grace, so far yoga has been my prevention. <laughs> I would say I started so early practicing yoga that I never smoked pot. I never drank alcohol in my life. I'm not saying that is good or bad. I'm just saying I didn't. And when I compare my life with my brothers and sisters, meaning my sisters from the same mother, my brothers from the same mother, they all many, really, really amazing Brazilians drink as part of their daily life and do other things. I never needed to go there because I had, like I said it before, rescued by this grace of yoga. So I've been using yoga as a prevention. And I never done like intense practice to get a tapas, to get into the next level of yoga because I am brought every day a little closer To that refuge. I'm not in a hurry. And so I'm giving you an answer without an answer, but just a a different perspective, different point of view. I feel like in the moment of need, when I need, I will just again be given from that bounty what I need.
0: I feel like it's so special to hear from someone, from you, saying that yoga is your prevention method, your way of moving closer to the light and how much light it has brought into your life. I often get to speak with yoga teachers who who share that they've hit rock bottom and yoga brought them back, or that after a very serious injury from years of dancing or from an, a sport, then yoga was a therapy for them, a homeopathic medicine as well to help them come back to wellness and wholeness. So I think feel like it's a very special treat for me to hear that there's been so much beauty and, and joy and light that yoga has brought you from day one as this preventative, as, as you said. So thank you for sharing that. I, I feel very grateful that you did.
1: Like a water that you don't see them moving. A, a river is just following a path. So I feel that in this lifetime so far has been like this river that is following a path is deeply influencing the earth beneath, influencing the places and the plants that it, it touches on the way. I feel like I'm going along with this river. is touching the rocks and modifying the rocks and vice versa. The rocks are modifying the river. The river keeps going without a hurry to get to its destination. So I feel like that so far. And Because I did not approach yoga at first as an exercise, then I received the gift of having all those embodied shapes, but I don't do it for uh, anatomical alignment. I do it for spiritual alignment. So I don't even, I'm doing hatha yoga, I'm practicing hatha yoga, and it is to embody, but I'm not really doing to get into the next level of the pose, although I can do whatever I want pretty much with my body because I started doing so early. So it says, again, the sense of the water that over time affects the rock, creates a hole. In Portuguese, we say, pedra, moque que fura, the water that drips year after year, decade after decade, and eventually creates this hole in the rock. So I feel it's more like that. And I don't have an urgency to do any more complicated poses as well because It doesn't serve my 50-year-old body anymore. So there is nothing wrong with the shapes and with the beauty. I love shape. I love beauties. I follow uh, the poetry of nature in my work, and I try to express that. But that is priority versus the superfluous. And so there are a lot of yoga teachers in Brazil as well that are carrying the torch in that way, making these beautiful offerings with a depth, with a connection to the source, with a connection to something that is, I will just say for lack of a better word, higher in that sense. Sometimes I like to say lower because it's also depth of the earth and her nourishing qualities that are very bountiful, very giving. Amazing.
0: That's so amazing to hear. And Nuvia, I'd love at this point of our journey together here on the podcast, if you could share a little bit about Brazil.
1: Brazil is very spiritual and there are all these many different confluences. There's a lot of light in Brazil, so much light, and there's a lot of darkness in Brazil. And that is very clear, like the violence and the passion, so big. And I personally love that dichotomy I would say or that paradox or reality of darkness and light that is lived in in the daily life and it's so palpable and evident so I see that very clear and I feel very comfortable with that two ways two sides because um, honoring both to me is really important and I grew up in a very simple family so there was not much time to be depressed. We had to work really hard. I started working when I was 12. I left my home when I was 16 to live by myself. So working is a great tool to not be, you know, caught into the fabric of ego. You just don't have time to feel too deeply. I'm not saying that's good, but that's how I see that many Brazilians live. In the realm that I grew up with, you just wake up really early, before the sun, way before the sun, you drink your little coffee, you go to work, and then you work all day and then you come back and just life is work and there is something about that that is very refreshing to me, to focus in the work. What is the work that needs to be done? So then I'm not lost into despair because there is always work to be done. And that is just one side. Later on, when I started teaching yoga, somehow I was brought to the wealthiest people in Sao Paulo. My students were very wealthy. And I was able to contribute with my waters in those places as well because then I started noticing, wow, there's so much richness here and so much despair. There is so much doubt. There's so much fear. There's so much need to confirmation to have confirmation about your identity and to the identity was so far from the reality of that soul that spirit so i was able to see that other part i'm not criticizing i'm just saying my experience and then i was able to also see oh it's an, another reality here in brazil there's this happening a lot of pain a lot of pain along with a lot of possessions So Brazil is like that. There is a small group of people that are living with a lot of uh, wealth and that are lost spiritually. And a huge group of people that are living to just meet their basic means. And they have so much joy and so much mission in the daily life, which is very basic. Does that explain a little bit
0: Beautiful glimpse into Brazil, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the darkness, the light, and everything in between. I feel grateful you didn't just talk about the beaches or the, the animals, but instead went more into the heart of Brazil. So thank you for taking us there with you. And Nuvia, I would love for you to share with our listeners what online offerings or retreats or things that you, you have so that they can get in touch and know where to find
1: you. Thank you so much for offering that. First of all, come in. You get my book, Yoga and the Art of Mudras. And then I have an audio uh, CD that is available on iTunes. It's a pranayama I recorded in 2005. I was pregnant. And you can just access that on also Spotify. The name of the CD is May Our Breath Be Our Prayer. And my husband, Jayutal, a beautiful musician and bhakta, he did all the music for my CD. And our friend, Ben Langbach, was the engineer. And sometimes he would correct me, say, world, world, because I couldn't say that word. It was so hard. So that's free access. And now I have, just for now, my Nubia Teixeira website is down, but I have NubiaYoga.com which is my, where I'm putting all my offerings, online offerings for now. And lastly, I would love for you to join me on Patreon. This is where I'm putting my love, my attention, and I have my devotional yoga school. It's called Bhakti Nova, like Bossa Nova, on Patreon. Every week on Monday, I release a yoga, Bhakti Nova yoga class.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, Nubia. And for all our listeners, I will link everything in the show notes wherever you are listening to podcasts, and it will also be all linked on my website, wildyogatribe.com, so you can head on over there and have everything you need to get in touch with Nubia as well. So thank you so much, Nubia, for the gift of your time today. It has been a true joy to be with you.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Lily. I love the name of your podcast, Wild Yoga Tribe. And I really love the work you are doing. Very grateful. And thank you for the opportunity for sharing my little story on yoga.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. My conversation with Nubia Teixeira A yoga teacher from Brazil was soul-stirring and soul-shifting as we took a deep dive into the spiritual sphere of yoga as a way to converse and commune with the divine. I hope that this conversation made something stir inside your own being and body as we talked about the essence of yoga being grace and the most vital elements of yoga Being listening, feeling, and seeing. If you're looking to tune into a podcast episode that is all about the journey at the heart of yoga, then this is the conversation for you. Thank you for tuning into the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. Be well. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you feel called, please share this episode with someone who you think could benefit from it. Leaving a review would also be so appreciated. Also, I hope you can join me for yoga classes live streamed and on demand on Moxie, a new platform where I'm hosting classes to take advantage of those $15 off coupons available for new students. The links are in the show notes as well as on my website, wildyogatribe.com. I'll see you on the mat. And as always, be well, dear one, be well.